This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche prod- broadcast, broadcast even, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits, my go-to shop for any of my Breckenridge brewery needs. I am your host, Nathan Rudolph, joined as always by AJ Hayfley, and on today, we are bringing back your listener questions. It's been a while since we've answered a few, so we figured, well, that's not true. We answer a bunch all the time, but we haven't done a full show of it. In a long time, so we thought it was about that time again to bring it back as AJ drinks the most disgusting liquid on on planet Earth. Ah, uh, that's not pickle juice. No, oh, pickle juice actually is good. Like I'm oh, not even damn. lying to you. <laughs> okay. Well, on um, our- I'm so hurt by this. <laughs> On that note, let's jump into some questions before we want to fight each other. Our first question comes from our man, Eddie Blue, Blue Liner, as some may know him. AJ, Hoffman or Dadnov? Any interest in going on? One, from the Avs' perspective, but also personally, do you think they're an interesting target in the offseason? I think both guys would be... Uh, interesting targets. Not the like you wouldn't sign both of them is what I'm what right, I'm saying. Right, I'm right. saying yeah, they should definitely at least have a conversation about pursuing both guys. Um, I do think that with the cap not going up and staying flat, the chances that they go and and bring anybody in from the outside this summer is pretty low. Drop significantly for sure. Yeah, yeah, because you remember. And somebody asked me this the other day, and they were like, well, why, why have we spent so much time talking about Taylor Hall? And and I was like, well, remember, the cap projection was as much as $88 million, which, granted, that's a $7 million jump, and that was the high end of it. But that would have paid for the majority of Taylor Hall's new contract in the first place. Right. Outright. Same, same thing with Alex Petrangelo. So... That's why we were talking about it is because they would have been able to do everything they needed to do internally, plus have that extra money that they would get just from the rise in the cap. Yep. Whereas other teams would be looking at, well, that rise in the cap is a way for them to keep their own guys. The rise in the cap would have paid for a new player for the ads. And now because of the flat cap situation, obviously that's different. So... 
I think it's going to be it's it's going to it would require them consolidating some assets and moving a couple of guys out, not just a Zadorov, but somebody else that had that that's making a little bit of money. some actual money getting moved out as well. Yeah, yeah, would 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 definitely um, that would have to happen. Much more likely that they just sit tight and run it back with internal replacements, guys like Bowen Byram, Connor Timmons, uh, Martin Kaut. Those yep. types of guys that that they've been grooming and, and kind of preparing to to replace uh, some more expensive players. I I definitely love I love the idea of both Hoffman and Dadanov though, uh, because they're both top six guys. And with the with this financial situation going on, they're not going to get long term deals. You know, you're not going to see them get a Kyle Oposo deal. They're both already thirty, so you know you're. You're talking about it's going to be a more muted situation for them. I could see them getting three or four year deals for five million dollars, four and a half million dollars, somewhere in that range, uh, because it's it's not so much just that it's a flat cap for the next couple of years uh, and that teams don't have the cap money. It's that they didn't plan for this, and so they've given guys like if if. They knew if everybody knew the the the, the cap situation is what it is, um, you know, Miko Rantanen wouldn't have gotten nine two five, right? Straight up, you know, and- Mitch Marner wouldn't have gotten eleven million. A, a lot of these RFA contracts that have kind of reset the markets the last couple of years would not have happened. Well, and and there's two sides of this coin, and we're kind of drifting into another question we got here. So just to to put it on the table, Meeks asked, "How do you see the flat cap changing how the NHL operates from signings to?" taking advantage of it to even the expansion drafts. And what you said with, with teams not paying players as much, you'll also see that effect go both ways. Savvy NHL players will say, I don't want a long-term deal. Just give me a bridge deal until we see the cap starting to go up again, and then I'll get my money. And that's, that's where I think that will, it will have that impact on the RFA market. Yeah. Guys like Andre Burakovsky, Nikita Zadorov, et cetera. Those are the ones who will be most impacted by that because they can wait two years. Right, exactly. They can. They have the time to wait two years. They're still. Guys they're still in their prime, their prime two years yet, from right, now. Exactly. Whereas you know, Dadanov, Hoffman, those are those are thirty-year-old free agents. Alex Petrangelo, Taylor Hall. These are all thirty-year-old guys already. Realistically, the last big, if not the last, contract that these guys are going to get. Right, like this is their this is their last realistic chance, and because the cap's not going anywhere for the next couple of years, you know, even the third year it goes up one million dollar. It going up a million dollars doesn't change the situation. Doesn't right. change any team's landscape, yeah, at all. So we're looking at three years of with the uh, with essentially the same cap situation. This is their this is their chance to get their last guaranteed contract. They can't wait. They can't play that game. Um, younger players can afford to, but those guys have to, they have to take whatever they can get now. You know, it's, it's take $25 million, $20 million guaranteed now, or get offered, you know, go the two year deal route. And who knows what your play looks like when and you're 33 maybe, or whatever. Yeah. hundred percent. Maybe by the time you're 33, you're not even in the league anymore. Yep. So, so that's, that's where definitely, um, I, I would say call him. Mike Hoffman's a great goal scorer. Not really, not really the guy that they need with the emergence of, of, of Burkowski. Now, I would say I would prefer Dadanov. 
Um, also, you know, you do have the Mike Hoffman. Is he a, off ice things going on? Is, there, he, yeah. is he a total scumbag conversation? And yeah, that's obviously that's that's part of it. Um, we all we all know a very, 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 very tiny piece of what happened in Ottawa. And we all want to make big judgments based off of that. But we don't know. We don't know the whole story. You don't know everything that's that's going to going to go down. But it, if you're the avalanche and it looks like getting Hoffman is a real possibility. You need to be doing your due diligence on that. Basically. Definitely. Well, you need to have the conversations with your captain and you have to have your homework done. And I would, I would imagine that that homework gets done before any pursuit of the player. A real quick question we had coming from our live audience, which avalanche players will go to the Olympics by the looks of it in the most recent talks. The rumor is no one as it did not sound like there was any Olympic break written in through 2026. Yeah, we'll see. That's, you know, we'll tackle. Let me, I'll say this. Uh, If they sign a CBA extension and they agree to Olympic player, uh, players going to the Olympics, We'll have an entire show just about the Olympics. Yeah, for sure. Once it's because solid, yeah. the abs, the abs are going to have a lot of players that are going to have cases for the Olympics. So I, uh, off if, the top of my head, there's an easy five. Like, yeah, I had five immediately off the top of my head where it was like, boom, those guys obviously are going to go. Yep. So, yeah, the abs would have a lot of Olympians <clears throat> if it does end up happening. Doesn't yeah. sound great at the moment, but these things change daily lately. So that'll definitely be a wait and see. Yep. So we'll have to see on that. One more question here in the first period. Nick LaPointe asks, what four matchups would you like to see the Avs go through to run to the cup? I know you want Vancouver in round one, but what does the rest of that look like? Um, selfishly. Um, and I don't, I, I don't know. I'd have to like make a bracket and see how this works. I would because love to do. Reseeding. Yeah, it gets real weird. But exactly, I'm not, I'm not, and not knowing what seeds they all are, I would love for it to be a gauntlet. I would love Vancouver, Dallas, St. Louis, and then Tampa Bay. If you could promise me that the Abs would at least win all the series to the Cup. I want Nashville. I want Vegas. And then St. Louis. Why Nashville? Because I want to punk that team into the ground. I've I've been on record multiple times thinking saying that I think that team if they can stay on the up and up is the closest thing the Avs have to a rival. Okay. And obviously the Duchesne situation is a big part of that. Uh, the playoff series they had. It wasn't very rivalry-like, but if things kick off, you could say that that was kind of the starting point. It would be a good fire starter for a uh, for, for a good rivalry, but, I mean, it, you, St. Louis is also on that list, and St. Louis and Colorado look like they're set to go toe-to-toe at the top of the well, Central for the next, I'm, like, then, three years or so. I covered all my bases then because you yeah. go there and then the Vegas series would just be a blast. And then the finals. It's hard, not, Tampa to say, it's hard not to say Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> they've only played awesome games. Yep. They've either played blowouts in Tampa Bay and fantastic games in Denver. Yep. So it's like, okay, well, as long as you're winning half the blowouts, it's all good. 
it doesn't matter who they play in the cup finals because there's only one team in the league who's never lost a cup finals. Yes. What's up? <laughs> For the record. We'll take our first period break there as it is time to tell you guys. Well, I guess about- there's two now. You have to add St. Louis to that list. No, St. Louis has lost a bunch of cup finals. Oh, you're right. They did right when, right when they got into the league. Yeah, when the league was stupid and we're like, all the expansion teams are in the same division. It was so imbalanced. And they were like, all these, somebody's going to get waxed. So St. Louis got their teeth kicked in in their nice. first couple of uh, their first couple of cup finals things. And if you need help with your teeth, hopefully they're not that bad. But even if they are, Green Mountain Dental Group can help you out. They're located in Lakewood, and they're the best family-owned dentist in the metro area. Just 15 minutes from downtown, super easy to head on over there and get in and get whatever you need taken care of. Plus, when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you get a free Sonicare toothbrush, the electric toothbrush that does all the brushing for you so you can keep your teeth clean going forward. Don't even have to go into the dentist as much for free with that cleaning x-ray and exam swing down there they're a longtime partner of us here at dnvr so be sure to show them some love and they're the first step to taking care of your teeth which is the first step to good health we also of course have the amazing the wonderful the reason i'm going to go broke DraftKings sportsbook i just Love betting on the KBO way too much, but pretty soon I'm going to have to stop betting on the KBO because we're going to have hockey, basketball, and baseball back in the States to bet on. So, oh, 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 July 4th this weekend, Nathan, you have to bet uh, the, the Colorado gambling board people, whatever, the people who decide these things, approved today that we can gamble on the hot dog eating contest. Amazing. This weekend, the yeah. Nathan's hot dog eating contest. <laughs> so if you're going to go broke, go go broke on go. your own thing. There we go. My famous hot dogs. We're going to see <laughs> the Kobayashi Jr. eat 48 of them in 12 minutes. Oh, it's so disgusting. I don't even know who the kings of the hot dog eating contest world are these days, to be honest with you. But I'm very much looking forward to putting $10 on someone who's long shot odds to win it, it all. It. Uh, I think there was an American dude that that uh, that took it over. He was a. Uh, oh, this is really gonna bother me. So this third segment, this is gonna hit me. <laughs> you're gonna just like, yell some. And I'm just gonna name. shout some guy's name, and you're gonna be like, "What?" <laughs> okay. Well, whether you know his name or not, you can bet on him on DraftKings Sportsbook, the best sportsbook app out there all over the states and around the world, at least in the places that it is legal. This week's is full of action, including a bunch of awesome awesome stuff from golf to European soccer. As I said, with sports coming back in a couple of weeks, you'll be able to bet on all of that stuff as well. They have amazing odds boosts every single week that I love to take advantage of. Some of them are just too good to pass up at times, like taking... Oh, who did you take? You took not Arenado, which is just a mistake. But you can take Arenado. Now nah, Bryce Harper. That's right. Yeah, you can take Bryce Harper if you think you're cool. But you can also take Arenado as a plus five hundred to win the NL Home Run Championship. Easy money. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm Where? saying. 
they're based in the U.S., so it's super safe, secure, and reliable. None of that offshore <clears throat> sketchy stuff here with DraftKings Sportsbook. And when you sign up now, you can get up to $1,000 on your sign-up when you use code DNVR. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's answering listener questions today. Our next Joey question. Chestnut. It's what? It's Joey Chestnut. Joey Chestnut. That name mm. actually sounds familiar. So I was thinking Tommy Chestnut. I knew that was wrong, but it's Joey. <laughs> you were in the, you were in the ballpark. Yeah. I had Chestnut. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. Damn it. Is Bowen Byram going to play? He sounds like he might make the roster, but I seriously doubt that he plays in games, barring significant injury. I won't say seriously doubt, but I there's I think it will take a bit. It'll take I think it'll probably take at least two injuries, plus he also has to play really, really, really well in practice every day. Yeah. Yes, that is the the competitive <laughs> guy. AJ's yes. going to put his mortgage down on him to win the hot dog eating contest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Our next question oh, comes Dario's from... here. We can start the show now. Oh, good. All right, Dario. Start firing questions off in chat. Uh, Ryan Oldford asks, if you could pick one current Av mm. for whatever reason to retire in an Avs jersey, mm-hmm. who would it be? And I believe you qualified this as saying he plays out his career and not... Yeah breaks and retires tomorrow. right like he because i was like well i mean if kill mccarr retired after one year it's like the greatest one year career in abs history right like be amazing yeah i it, <laughs> <laughs> he was great for that moment yeah right. <laughs> um so this is a tough one right oh like God. there's different ways you can step ban him that. <laughs> I don't I don't know how to ban on Periscope. Dario, go log on to YouTube so I can ban you. Yeah, we're gonna need you to log on to a platform in which we have mod powers. <laughs> uh the the obvious choices I think right now are Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr, right? To play out the rest of their careers. Yes. I would say you could also make a case for Miko Rantanen. And then obviously there's the Gabe Landeskog factor, which I mean, it, depending on his next contract, he may well end up doing anyway. Yeah. So we're in kind of a golden, the beginning of what should be a golden era in which there are multiple answers for this. A couple yep. of years ago, it was like Matt Duchesne. And then it Eric was Johnson, Matt Duchesne. <laughs> and even then you're sort of middle of the road. Um so I, I think right now I would probably go with McKinnon. But I think McCarr is more exciting because they haven't had I, a truly transcendent, great yeah. homegrown defenseman ever. That's why I'm I'm leaning towards McCarr. This, There's no wrong answer on that one. You have Rob Blake and Ray Bork, but a true mm. avalanche defenseman is not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So Makar is a bit unique in that regard. And 
well, and that he will be someday. Right. Say <laughs> after fifty NHL games. Yeah. Right. I, it's not the first time we've said it either, but right. It, it, and maybe McCarr breaks, and you ask me that again in three years, and it's definitively McKinnon. But also, shout out to Kale McCarr for for dropping in on our Kale McCarr cast the other day. He did. Uh, he, I didn't even notice that he dropped. Yeah, he it. watched. He watched part of it. <laughs> He even dropped a couple of hearts. I was oh, like, "Amazing, cool, man." <laughs> Respect. <laughs> All right. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, then, then I think I have to pick him to stay, and I have all time after that. So. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. Next question here we have from the chat. SF Dylan asks, "Where would Byron rank against this draft class of defensemen? Number one, I don't think it would be close." Yeah, I don't. We've talked a lot. I don't like this this year's yeah, draft same. of defensemen at the top very much. Yep, I so. like Gouley and Schneider as mid round guys. I like them a lot actually. Uh, but Drysdale and Sanderson, I I would take Byron, Bowen Byron over the both of those guys quite a bit. I take Moritz Sider over both of those guys quite a bit. But that's also because I saw that Moritz Sider had a great year in the AHL. Got so. an extra year of uh, details to work. Yeah, with exactly. I'm no yeah. longer wondering about the DEL, and it's like, <laughs> oh, well, he was really good in the AHL as an as a teenager. So I'm gonna go with him. Yeah, I, yeah, not a big fan either of <clears throat> yeah. Sanderson and and Drysdale. But not that they're bad need- players. Just don't love them as high end D. Does lead us to another question. Uh, dream draft pick in the 20 to 31 range. It's something we've talked about a lot over the past couple of weeks. I'm. You say 20 to 31. If it's more to 20, boy, Amarov is tempting. Um, to, to say someone I know, AJ, probably won't. If it's closer to the middle of that, I'd say Wallander is someone I'm taking more and more of a shine to. He feels really safe. Like, Even here. And not not a bad not in a bad way, but like Wallander feels like the perfect combination of upside and need and position value yep. and skill level and all the different factors into it. I, I say safe and people think I'm talking about Cout where it's like a limited yep. like a high floor, yep. low ceiling. Like his ceiling is super duper high. Yeah, it's just real unlikely that he hits it. But I, you know, I think that's a good answer because if I could guarantee that the Avs could get a player, if you're asking me if I could walk out of the draft on night one with one player in that range, Wallander is actually a really good answer, and he f- checks a lot of boxes for them. This is my fear as well, Dario. I oh yeah, I'm I'm fully in, in belief that he goes. That the abs are going to be picking in the twenty-four to thirty-one range, and, and he'll he's go going to twenty-two go, or something. Right, yeah. he's going to go like seventeen to twenty-two somewhere yeah. in there. I yeah, that's definitely where I think that that pick ends up. But um, Amarov would be one of the forwards that I would take. Yeah. Um, uh, there's one more guy. A deeper forward, maybe. me he's got to pull up the bobs list here we go yeah i'm like let's pull up my draft list and just go through this real quick <laughs> i no i i'm the brisson lover of the two of us i think dario i i'm down with brisson if the evs pick like 27 or something like that i would have no objection to brisson i know you have no objection but i know there's some dudes that you you take more of a shine to mm, i think that's probably fair 
And to be honest with you, I really uh, low-key worry about college hockey players this next year. Yeah, they might not have a season at all. Right, and and like it doesn't hurt Brisson if he has to go back to the USHL for a year, but it doesn't help him in any way. Right. Yep. That's... Oh, yeah, of course. The German kid talking about the DEL, Lucas Reichel. Reichel, yeah. Yeah, I really... I've taken a big shine to Lucas Reichel. All right. Well, as evidenced by the name, the fact that I couldn't remember his name. One of us has to stand up for the DEL, I guess, because it's not going to be. <laughs> sure. Whatever. <laughs> uh, all right. So as we keep moving on, what has more talent and depth, the abs forward core or their D core uh, prospect wise? It's the forward core. Uh, assuming yeah. Byram graduates at the start of next season, they essentially have 10 it's basically prospect wise. It's Byram and Timmons. Yeah. And then there's and then, like Hellison way down the list. Right. It's like, there's a big gap and then there's Hellison and then there's a small gap and there's Jaravalov and then maybe another small gap. And then like, let's be honest, Lerman Lerman. below Hellison, it's basically a bunch of wild cards, right? Like, yeah, it's no expectations. Yep. There's also just not very many of them right now. That so they've either aged out or graduated as far as the defensive yeah. prospects. And are, and so. like Josh Anderson was a bad. Yeah, that, that dude's not an NHLer. I'm sorry, but he's not. And barely an NHL. Dude can be a go have a great career as an AHL defensive D, but he's not going to play in the NHL. Um, moving on <clears throat> forward here, our next question comes from Concussed Cowboy, sticking to the draft theme for period two. Who was a personal favorite mid-round draft pick that you really thought could be something, but ultimately never panned out? And I believe he said you could say an abs player if you wanted, but the whole NHL is fine. Um, it's it's hard to say he hasn't worked out, but there was a time where I was really excited about Anton Lindholm. Really? Um, do you remember his what was last year in Sweden? Um Skeleftia went to the league championship and he was scouts raved about him. Everybody that was over there raved about him and how, uh, what a, what a smart and great all around presence he had given them in their run to the finals that year. And I am, I was so excited about, Anton Lindholm because to to have high level of success like that and to be an impact player at the highest level of competition in Sweden that's meaningful especially because he was 20 at the time. And so I like and again like it's hard to say he hasn't worked out. He's a fifth round guy that's got 66 NHL games played and is somewhere on their list. He's probably going to travel with them to Edmonton what's now looking like Edmonton. I mean, um, the bar I usually set is 100 NHL games, and he's not likely to make that. Yeah. I, you know, for a fifth rounder, to get 66 games out of him feels like a. And to get 66 games and a very, very good AHL player who's also not Mr. Pouty Pants. You know, he's great leadership wise uh, for, the, for the AHL team. In that he takes it, he takes his it, it seriously, and he doesn't have that resentment 
and he doesn't throw a fit about not being in the NHL, about being like on the list, right? Or where he is in the pecking order of defensemen. He understands his role, and he just tries to be a great teammate and a great mentor for the younger guys. I think that's valuable. Um, that's not obviously when the Avs take a player in the fifth round this year, that's not what we're hoping they're going to get. You hope that they're always going to get an NHL player. But Lindholm, I don't know. I guess he hasn't worked out, so I can use him as my answer here because he was a guy I was really excited about for a while. I have two that are also defensemen. Andre Mironov. Yeah, the KHL All-Star thing was a big deal. Yep. I was so hyped on him being a KHL All-Star, and then he had a really good rookie camp, and then the game at NHL speed, it was just like, no, (laughs) no. It was so fast for him. And like he just did not adjust. Yep. At Even all. And, and well and then talking about Mr. Pouty Pants here. Yeah, like, what's right. in the it's AHL? Down to the HL. It says it's awful. I'm going home or put me back in the NHL. Yeah. And like he's like San Antonio, Texas. What yep. the f- no. You know, whereas like when the Avs got Ryan Graves, he he goes from Hartford to San Antonio and he's like, Oh, this is great. I could go play golf in February. Like this is <laughs> badass. And you know, that was the start of good things for, for Graves. Whereas yeah. Mironov was like, no. And then the There's other no I, team masseuse here. I gotta get right. out of here. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then the other, I guess not really a mid-round pick. It was a second rounder in, in Stefan Elliott. Oh, I yeah. Uh, I asked for mid-round because if we were talking about second rounders, I loved Stefan Elliott. He was, I was supposed to be Tyson Berry, is what he was supposed to be. Well, and you remember when he first showed up in the NHL yeah, and, and he just was, lit it up. He goes yeah. coast to coast and he had that wrist shot that was just in he if you could put his wrist shot on Sam Gerard, Sam Gerard would be elite. an all-star. Easy. But yeah. <laughs> Stefan Elliott's and and the thing with Elliott was you know when we talk about offensive defensemen, we're, talk- we're usually talking about guys who are like five foot ten. Yep. And but Stephen Elliott was a legit six one six two. Yeah, exactly. He had the size to be an impact defender, and he just he just didn't have he just didn't use it the way he needed it to. And like it was crazy because he went through for him to go through Arizona when he did, and then Nashville. He goes through two defenseman factories that were like, nope. Can't teach this guy. Cannot solve it. Yep. Yeah. And that's and I was nervous when he went to both places because it was like that those are places that churn out defensemen all the time. And he got there and it just it was a no go for him. Yeah. Um trying to think of some forwards here. One guy that uh, I mentioned in that Twitter thread um, that didn't he actually went undrafted was uh, P.S. Suter, hmm. who played for Guelph in the OHL several years ago and has been in the NLA NLA for the last four or five years now, and is doing quite well for himself. I'd love to see him get an NHL deal at some point, but he was a really good two way forward. Played PK, um, was really good in the face off circle, very defensively responsible. Um, not not at all what you would think of when you when you're talking about an undersized center who scored at a point per game pace. <laughs> he was not at all that archetype. Um, the offense has actually been slow to come, slower to come for him um, in pro hockey. But I loved him. He went undrafted. Can't uh... just disappeared to the Swiss League. 
can't find them all. Ty Lewis can go follow him to the Swiss League and, and have a good career out there, maybe. Yeah. Um. All right, we can take our second period break there as, you know, while there might be some questions about what's going on with college sports, as far as learning, plenty of campuses will still be open, even if it is only through online classes or things like that. And MSU Denver Online puts a dyna- dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. They have over 40 different programs for degrees that can be taken both online and in the classroom to varying different degrees. Some of them you can do 100% online if that's what you're into. So jump on that. Over 750 different types of classes available as well. We even have a couple of our very own in Allie and Harrison taking some online classes this summer right now. So go ask them if you have any questions. Be sure to check it out today. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by David Sins with Rudo and AJ. I this is a interesting question because I imagine they start with the three-headed monster. Why wouldn't you? But yeah, probably. If you think do you think Landy is married to that line or would they be willing to to move things around and potentially try and build some sort of shutdown? Yeah, I think definitely. Um I've I've said it a lot this year that Landy and and Kadri just go very nicely together stylistically that they would be great fits together yep so if they wanted to go that and run duos as i've been talking about all year long <laughs> which they kind of did in the bottom six quite they a bit. sort of had to do at some point <laughs> yeah when there just weren't enough to put trios together yeah, exactly <laughs> okay yeah because um belmar calvert were always sort of together um comfort jost were together for a long time so so um, who's the third there you like the most then? If you go Landy Kadri, is it the suggestion here is Nachushkin, but I would go Donskoy on the right, and then I would have Burakovsky next to Nate and Miko. You think Donskoy? Would yeah. you consider Namasnikov and just make a nightmare of a line to play against? Yeah, definitely. Because that's kind of who came think, to my mind first. I think Donskoy and Namasnikov. Um, I I also think that Burakovsky would be fine. Uh, because we saw Nemesnikov next to McKinnon have um, good success. They worked well together and gives them that, that dynamic defensive element type of guy. Yeah. That they lose when they take Landy off of there. It's just a that's lower true. caliber of player. Yeah, that's true. So um, it really either, I mean, Nemesnikov is kind of like the luxury that they have right now, right? Like yep, they're going to certainly sure. not be able to bring him back. So maximize him. Uh, maximize him best to the best of their ability. So, um, I if 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 you wanted to have him, if you're trying, if the if the idea is to build a shutdown second line, that probably makes the most sense with Landis Cog, Kadri, Domestikov. The only seats on YouTube ask UFA targets whenever free agent frenzy happens. We'll figure that out when we we'll get s- there. Basically. We'll see you on free agency yeah. frenzy. Yeah, exactly. Um. We have so many things that we have to get through until we can even get to that. The next couple of months are going to be absolutely insane once hockey starts back up. So, yeah. We we try and we'll try to save off season for off season. We've tried very, very hard during this three month pause in the season to not. Yeah. As you'll notice when we jump 
Jim jumped in, jump jumps. Yeah, we we went head first into the draft coverage, and then they said, "Oh, by the way, the draft is until October," and we were right. like, "Oh." So we pulled back on that, yeah. and we're like, "Okay, well, let's wait." <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. We'll see on that one. Uh, this next question comes from Spence. Copulate, Mary, kill, AJ. Taylor Hall for one year. Gerard for Nylander, one for one. Kill. Timmons, a 2021st, and Bocage for Reinhardt. Mary. In that order. Mm. I'm I'm perfectly okay with those answers. You're definitely copulating Taylor Hall for a year. Yeah, that's the whole point. (laughs) (laughs) That one's easy. That's That's a one hit wonder. It's it's the Mary Kill that I think is that's the, uh the that's Breakfast at Tiffany's by Deep Blue Something. <laughs> but one and done. Taylor Hall for one. Yes. <laughs> this is the one thing that we haven't done yet is turn turn this into a, a musical parody yeah, karaoke I'm on the DNVR Avalanche podcast. <laughs> All right, so so that one's easy, but. It, yeah, easy hold on to G instead of Nylander. And, you know, that one's tough. We talked about this a little bit on the show the other day just because um, Nylander's a better player, but Gerard's the better contract. And especially given the three years, the next three years and the uncertainty of the cap and everything that's going to happen, the the more valuable contract is more is is more important. Uh, because if, if they didn't have Burakovsky and it was just Kadri, and they Different were still looking for second line help. Not I think I would pay Burkowski five million dollars. Yeah, exactly. I think I would be way more into the idea of, of pushing the Gerard for Nylander thing. And even if they even if they did it um, today, I I wouldn't hate it, but it it would just be My he's got to he's got to step up in a really big way. Nylander would have with to step up and be be valuable. With the uh, the issue here is the other one being that if you. If you kill that one, you have to marry the Reinhardt deal. Which I have no problem with because the value is there. It's a first rounder, it's a prospect, and then it's a I mean, and a mid round guy you're really not that worried about. The, as much as I like Bocage. No, I, I agree with you on that. The only thing that gives me pause is that's a very different conversation if the abs get knocked out in the first round than if they get knocked out in the third. Oh, so you're talking 28 versus the, the 27th pick versus the 20th pick. Right. Yeah. Not for me. Those yeah, seven spots don't make enough gap. Okay. I mean, for Sam Reinhardt, no, because you're, I'm, I'm comfortable with what Sam Reinhardt is. And so I'm not, I'm not concerned about that even a little bit, man. Okay. Um, If it was, if, if it was a player more like a, say like a Burakovsky, a lo- just a, a, a tier a below yeah, Reinhardt, sure. I would be more uncomfortable. But Reinhardt's production and his age already, I'm you that know, is a that a is a dragon guy. Drop. Yeah. Right. That's drag and drop. You're getting at least 50 points out of him. Yeah. He will easily be worth whatever you're paying him. And that package is just fine. That's a package. That's the and that's it's a fair package where they get another first because they need to continue to build up. They get a defenseman that may not actually suck, although it's another righty, which they definitely don't need. <laughs> so, eh. But I think it's right in the neighborhood of value, as much as Chad would disagree. Because he was like, no more defensemen. Yeah, right. We just need a forward. But I don't, like, I. it would make no sense if you were to 
do like a Jost or a Comfort or a right. Donskoy. Like that would make no sense. Any any hockey trade for a forward with Reinhardt is like, well, just hold on to Reinhardt then. Yeah, well, and for the Avs, it's you know, uh, right. like if they were to get if they were to do Burakovsky, it, it's a lateral move for the Avs, right? Like, like I I like Reinhardt more than Burakovsky, but the difference is so small that it's like you're it's getting, not worth all. You're the getting other an extra points. ten points, not an extra twenty five. Right, <laughs> right. Like this is this is this this is min maxing, and it's not where you min max in on your roster. Yep. You do that at the bottom of the roster where you go from ten to fifteen, fifteen to twenty, yep. not from forty five to fifty five. And then throw in first round picks and that no 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 right not value. Uh, another question here on prospects: What's the knock on Anton Lundell? I love his sense in three zone play. Definitely some questions about the offense there, man. It's really just how the offense maxes out. Yeah. Um, he, I think the vast majority of us that watch him think that he's he could be a third line center in the next year or two in Very the NHL. The NHL, but it's like, marked out. Is what it is. Like, well, and it's 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 is it Martin Cowder? Is it Gabe Landeskog? Is the question? Sure, because if, if you believe in him, maybe you see Gabe Landeskog. But. Right, because you remember the thing with Landeskog; he's NHL ready, but what's the upside? Well, you know, is he more of a second line guy? Yeah, it, Lundell can't shoot the puck like Landeskog either, though. But <laughs> sure, but I just I'm saying I, like I hear what you're saying, right? Like what? It's, just how he, high can he climb the ladder, right? Right. He would be. He could do like what Sean Couturier did. He could take over a third line center job really, really early in a career, 19 or 20 years old. He could do that. But how long is he going to be there? Yep. You know, Couturier eventually built himself up and worked his way up the lineup, and of course, when you're playing next to Drew and Voracek, like easy to be a premier player <laughs> right like it's the offense is going to follow but it's been legit enough that he's for real now and can he follow that path or is it more uh, does he turn into more of like miko koivu yeah where he tops out at 50 points and he's an elite defensive center and this is a conversation we had last year when it came to kako as well and is you've yep. seen a significant increase in scoring ability from under 18 kids in the Liga. Yeah. And it's blown up. Like it used to be nothing happened in that league for, for teenagers. Yep. And now Lundell's 28 points is kind of, you kind of shrug your shoulders at it. Yeah. Look at um, what Miko did in that league. Yep. And you know, at the time, like Miko's numbers were impressive. Um. And then, of course, you had the Puliyarvi uh, line A explosion, where they just they they ripped the league up to shreds yeah, as that, teenagers. That was, that year was just a murder fest, basically. But that's that's kind of the thing, though, is that the offense for teenage kids, like when they're they're getting in there, some of it is that these guys are also really good. It's no surprise that a lot of these guys we've talked about that have come over out of Finland have turned into. Uh, have turned into high-level NHLers, you know. And I know Dario using this as his 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 daily reason to dump on Jake Neighbors, but like Anton Lundell has talked about, like a top fifteen pick, maybe a top ten pick. Jake Neighbors is like a borderline first rounder. So, and Jake Neighbors doesn't play center. So with Neighbors, Neighbors, you could put anywhere between twenty five and fifty, and I don't. It's just whatever like how, how wherever he goes in that spot is totally cool with me 
Uh, if he goes 50, that's fine. The team's going to get a decent player. The same question marks are going to exist. With Lundell, if, you, if you're taking him in the top 15, he needs to be a player. He needs to be a player. He's also very much on the older side. October birthday. So one of the older people in the draft class turned 18 very early. But You know, Makar's draft year made me less worried about that type of stuff. It, it made me less interested in it, um, especially when the guy's not in a, like a traditional junior league. Sure. Where he's playing you know, he's, anyway. Yeah. He, the, the, he's got the year, you know, a guy, a guy in the OHL who's, who's got that year advantage. That's more meaningful than it is for a guy who's playing in the Liga where those guys, those guys are all four years older, five years older than him, no matter what. Yeah. So um, not to say that it's not important because it does help, but he's Lind- Lindell. I tell you, if he got to 20 and the abs were sitting there, that'd be a great fit. Yeah, I, <laughs> I do think he has a chance to drop on draft. It'd be a very even year pick as well, <laughs> with the safety factor of it, right? But yeah, boy, that would be—you could be looking at a future Avalanche lineup of McKinnon one, Newhook two, Lundell three, Bowers four, yep. and Bowers like through no fault of his own right. at four, <laughs> right? Just because you have these other three centers is why Bowers is at four. Yeah, but you do wonder about a guy like uh, Lindell who's not – he's not really a dynamic player. Mm-hmm. And it's a league that is constantly that, – that has made a very big shift towards skill level. Um, yeah. and, and those are the questions with both – we're here. Well, a guy like Jake Neighbors and a guy like Lindell, you're wondering where does the skill level fit in the NHL? Yep. Is it going to be enough that I can get a twenty twenty out of this guy, or is it? Gonna, right. Am I going to get fifty points? What is? Just how high does it go? The and for me, I think of talent has never been higher. Right, the NHL. I mean, Alex Newhook went sixteenth, and it was totally justifiable. Yep. You look at the guys that went in front of him. I was because I was doing it today. Yeah, I was looking at it today, and I was like. I I don't blame a single team right. for any of the picks that they made Same. in front of them. They were. Look, you're going to really pick Zgross with his talent level behind Newhook? I don't think so. Right. Like, even like Cam York, who went to Philly, like, different teams with different needs. Like, Philadelphia just doesn't need I mean, another explosive center down the middle. They've got so many one of, of those the few dudes. picks that I'm looking at and going, it's for the pick. But you're correct. When it comes like, to need, it's a completely different story. Right. Like, the organizations, if you're just ranking the players, I could totally understand putting uh putting Alex Newhook ahead of Cam York, even Cole Caulfield. But when you look at those organizations, the only pick that I really like Montreal's desperately needed centers and they passed up on a scoring winger. Yeah, when Krebs and Newhook were on the table. Like and it was like ah, I was so sure Newhook because there was so much talk leading up to the draft that Montreal loved Newhook. And then they drafted Cole Caulfield. Like yep. that's that's the one pick that just for its fit in its in the organization that didn't make sense to me. Granted, Caulfield went off in the NCAA this year, right. so it's well, just like, yeah. it was no, it was it had nothing to do with Caulfield and more to do with the fact that Montreal has 
desperately needed center help. They drew in at center that year, and it didn't go so hot. Like, well, and like they 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 get they they jumped up in the draft. They got the third pick. They they take Cote Kaniemi third. Yep. And right now they're having a problem with him translating. That it was the big question when they drafted him was, is he really a one yeah. C? And the answer right now is looking like maybe not. Right. The struggles that he's had, and yeah, so I'm. That's that's and it, we're talking fifth the fifteenth pick versus the sixteenth pick, like right. one pick difference, right? And it, even if we're talking Cam York, we're talking fourteen. So, and Krebs went seventeen. So, yeah. <laughs> so they were all right in there, but yeah. uh, we'll look back, and I think there's a decent chance we'll look back, and that'll be a solid. I do wonder how Cam York turns out. I've he's he's the exact prototype of guys that I like. I was not a Cam York fan. <laughs> okay. I think we can uh we can go ahead and wrap up the show there. I, I think we got to as many questions as can reasonably be done. But thank you everyone for submitting your questions. Um I, maybe we'll we'll bring this back a little bit more regularly. I knew it would have been a hot minute. So yeah. y'all had a lot of questions to ask. If you have a bunch, you can always just shoot them at us on Twitter or on the DNVR.com. And we'll either answer them there or if we get a bunch, we'll do a show about them. So thank you as always for listening. I got a couple more shows coming up this week, including tomorrow's, which I forget what we're doing. And then free skate Friday, of course, on Friday. So hope to see you there as we head off. It's a it's a well-known fact that uh, most women like their man parts shaven, not stirred. So that's the best I Yikes. got. I'm sorry. That's all I can do. Uh, Manscaped is offering you the perfect package 3.0. Well, they're not because they're sold out, but they will be offering you the perfect package 3.0 very soon once they get it back in stock and you can still pick up all of their other perfect package products including things like mints cologne shave mats you'll get their uh, lawnmower 3.0 when it's back in stock all of their other treating products whether it be deodorant or toner you name it you can pick it up from them and you can get 20 percent off when you use code dnvr20 at checkout plus free shipping because why not manscape has your back has you covered all over the place yes shaving your back if you need to they can even take care of that so get on it today until next time for aj i'm rudo and we are out of here